Hope Podcast, a podcast that discusses all mental health issues and wellness issues. We get different guests from around the world that share their amazing stories and journeys through difficult and uh, challenging times. Welcome back to another episode with Wellness with Mo. Hi, my name is Mo, and in this week's episode, uh, we have an amazing guest. Uh, she's the owner of the Wellness in Harmony. Uh, today, uh, our guest is none other than uh, Linda uh, Diffenbach. Uh, I hope I got it right again. I, I do yep. apologize. I'm really bad in names. Uh, you did perfectly. Hi, Lin- Hi, Linda. How are you? How's everything? Um, I'm yeah. good. How are you? Thank you so I'm, much for I, having I, me today. I, I, I'm I'm fine. I'm really excited, and and I know I know it's been a you know a long time for us planning this you know uh, <laughs> episodes. Uh, you had some issues uh, in terms of the weather, and I had some issues in terms of the timing. So so I'm really glad that we finally met. Finally met. Thank God for technology. Also, Zoom is. I mean, it's a. It's an amazing technology, so thank God it makes us uh, get closer to each other. So I'm really glad uh, that you're with us uh, today. Uh, <clears throat> and as as I was telling before we recorded, your uh, I mean I've read your bio, I've I've watched uh, some of the videos, and I'm really interested to know more about you uh, as a human being, as uh, as someone who. Definitely had a, a an interesting journey. Um, recently, uh, the, uh, uh, one of the guests I told her that uh, it's very it's very weird to find that all of us we meet because we all have different stories to share, and our stories end up to being our initial passion and job and and, and message. So, Linda, thank you for have uh, for being with us. I would like to start off with a very, you know, simple question. Can you can you share with us your 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 journey, please? Sure. Um, I think that you know, ultimately, I was I was born into this work. I was born, um, you know, to be a helper, to be a caregiver, to be a um, a healer, and. However, my my personal journey that brought me specifically into this work that I do now, into the chakra healing work and energy work and coaching, uh, really stemmed from my own personal uh, quest for healing for myself. I was uh, I experienced a lot of trauma in my childhood. I didn't really understand what it was or. Um, you know, what to do with it, but I had a lot of pain that I was carrying in my, in my body and I really struggled a lot and I was really desperately looking for help. I wanted to find some way to make sense of my life and, um, and feel, you know, get to know who I was. I really felt disconnected from myself. I was disconnected from my emotions. I struggled in relationships. I struggled in so many aspects of my life and I desperately wanted help and I didn't know where to go to find it. I had um, gone to the more uh, traditional Western, um, you know, therapy and things like that. I had actually, as a teenager, um, I had attempted to take my life and had been hospitalized for a period of time, you know, and I was really, at that time, like really screaming for help. 
desperately wanting help. And unfortunately, what I was met with was uh, re-traumatization. I had been told by therapists and people who uh, I was going to for help that essentially my life was perfect. My life was fine. There was nothing wrong with my life other than me. So that obviously was very, very painful for me and very difficult for me. And that caused a lot of damage. Uh, it really caused me to get into a lot of unhealthy patterns. Mm-hmm. And I kept, but I kept looking, you know, reaching out for people. And I had some therapists that were were fine, but they weren't able to really support me in the way that I needed. Mm-hmm. So when I, I stumbled across Reiki, um, I was part of an online community and the woman who ran the community was a Reiki master and she offered it, offered to teach it to those of us in the community. So I read about it. I knew nothing about it. I had no experience with it. I didn't understand anything about the chakra system or energy or any of those things. But when I read about it, I was like, okay, I need this. And uh, I signed up immediately to learn all three levels and started, you know, started my process of learning with her. And Reiki was really pivotal for me um, in that it gave me a tool to help me take care of myself and support myself. But it led me down the rabbit hole of Mm -hmm. all of the other aspects of energy healing. The, um, you know, the most powerful experience that I had was when I met my, my mentor, Elizabeth Frediani, who uh, she developed uh, she's developed a number of, of modalities, including uh, one called chakra healing with applied integration. Mm. And I met her through a meditation class that I did. And um, I went to see her. And when I did a series of three sessions with her, three private sessions with her, and I made more progress in those mm. three years with her, or th- sorry, three sessions with her than I had ever, you know, in all the years of trying therapy and traditional methods and everything. And it was so powerful because what this work does is it cuts through the bullshit. You know, it cuts through all of the, the defensive strategies. And I was very good at avoiding things. That was how I was conditioned. That was how my family dealt with things was we just don't look at it. We don't talk about it. We don't deal with it. So I was very repressed. Mm -hmm. I could talk to a therapist for hours about nothing. Um, but with her, she was not just listening to what I was saying, but she's tuned into my energy field. Uh, she's reading my chakras as I'm talking and she's constantly redirecting me back in like, okay, let's go here. Let's go here. And it, I don't want to say forced because it was a very gentle and powerful and loving process, but it, Mm. it moved me into a space where it allowed me to connect with and work through all of these underlying core issues that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that really was, was probably the most powerful experience for me in my life. And in, you know, not long after she offered those of us in the class that we were in with her to teach us this, of course, again, I was a social worker, I'm a caregiver. So I was Mm -hmm. like, please, yes, sign me up. I have got to learn how to do this um, so that I can do this for others. So so that yeah, was the the beginning of my journey. That's that's amazing. What what you're saying about you know traumas and and things, um, because I think uh, when I was talking with uh, 
uh, Elizabeth Keep. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Yeah. We were talking about also chronic pain and traumas and, and how uh, parents subconsciously uh, traumatize their children without them knowing. Uh, and it really uh, impacts them. And for me, uh, I had this, this really big issue, uh, which is bullying. I, I, I was bullied a lot when I was young. The reason being was that my father, my father was a, a diplomat with the uh, Egyptian foreign ministry. Uh, and so we traveled different countries, uh, different cultures, different languages, different schoolings, different people. So I told Elizabeth, and I, I want to share it with you also, that I would, indirectly, I was bullied when I was outside of Egypt, abroad. Yeah. And when I was back in Egypt, in my home country, in my homeland, I was also bullied. I didn't fit in uh, either as a, you know, a, uh, uh, an open-minded human being who, 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 who's, you know, open to other Western and other cultures, or I fit, or, or even fitting in the Egyptian culture, which is very, I mean, at that time, of course, it was very closed culture. We're talking about the 90s. It wasn't really, not like today. I mean, today, Egypt is so open that everyone knows everything. And, uh, and I don't feel, you know, like a stranger. But I, but I, I kept on feeling that, you know, <laughs> going four years there, getting bullied and then coming back indirectly, even, I mean, it was, I had such a culture shock. Uh, I just let, I came back from uh, Australia. My father was in the consulate and that was in the late eighties. And I had the biggest culture shock because uh, I didn't know how to act around. I was in the uh, seventh grade. I didn't know how to act around. The girls, or I didn't even know how to act around the guys. The guys thought I was like, uh, uh, too good for them. And the girls didn't really like, uh, being close to guys because that would give, you know, a wrong message in terms of our society that, uh, this guy likes this girl. And in actual fact, I was very innocent. I just wanted to have friends. So I didn't mind to have girls who are my friends and guys who are my friends. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, the trauma also continued when, when I left my, uh, the big telecommunication, um, because, uh, I had already suffered a whole year of unemployment. And then I suffered even more because I went into a state of depression during those two years. And like you said, mm -hmm. the closest people to you will always, uh, sweep it under the rug. Uh, it's just in your head. Whatever you're thinking is just in your head. You have to open up. You have to loosen a little bit. It wasn't easy. I I I was trying to to tell them indirectly. Hey guys, it's not easy what I'm saying. I'm depressed. I cannot. It's not a an on and off uh, switch for me to go from being a, a, an okay person to 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 going to be a depressed person, then becoming okay again. Doesn't work like that. It takes it takes time and takes process. And um, to be honest, you know, corporate life doesn't really give you that uh, that uh, luxury of time to uh, deal with your uh, your mess. So I understand where you where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, I'm, I understand the, the ideas of the trauma, uh, and I know that these things shape us. 
today, for me, it shaped me as a very persistent, very resilient person. Uh, um, a person that I, I wouldn't say suffered in a lot of things, but, you know, has his fair share of uh, challenges. Let's, let's put it in that sense. Uh, it might not be as challenging as uh, your story or, uh, or Elizabeth or others, but, you know, everyone has uh, his story to, to be challenged. So I, what I wanted to, to really know more uh, from you, uh, Linda, is um, um, what, what, is a, what is a chakra and what is a chakra healer and uh, I know there are different levels. Uh, I'm a, a very spiritual person you know, because of my religion also, which is Islam. And uh, if for those who don't know what it is, uh, Islam, Islam is very close to meditation in a lot of things, you know, because we are totally present at that moment between us and uh, our creator. Uh, nothing around us matters except our dire communication to to god uh and the same thing with with you know with the meditation i mean even even you know after our prayers we we do some affirm affirmations and some you know things like that to uh um give thanks be grateful for living be grateful for our health for my the health of my kids the health of my wife um but i was re i you know I, I always, I understand that we're beings moved by energy, but I really don't understand what is the chakra and how, how it de uh, deals with healing. So why don't you tell us a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, so your chakras are, there's seven core chakras. So we're, first of all, just starting out the important to understand that our, our bodies are energy. You know, if you go from the basic science of, of the universe, there's two things that exist, energy and matter. So in our bodies, there are um, channels of energy that flow through our body in various ways. We also have seven core energy centers that run along from the top of our head down to the base of our spine. And, and those are the chakras. So for those who can see, the chakras i'm not one of them but for those who can see them um they are cone shaped they're located mm. along like just in front of the spine and the body their center point and then they're cone shaped opening to the front and back of the body okay. um there's um well two chakras at the top and the bottom so the root chakra is at the base of the spine and that one is one direction opening towards the earth and then the crown chakra at the top of the head opens towards the the universe mm -hmm. uh, all of the others are two directional um but what they are is um they're energy transmitters energy receivers and so as we're interacting like just now like i'm transmitting energy through talking and interacting with you you're receiving energy from me and vice versa um mm -hmm. So our chakras are part of that process. Okay. So as we're interacting with the world, we have energy flowing constantly in and out of our body um, that's communicating with the world around us on an energetic level. Mm -hmm. And so that's one basic element of the chakras. They act as energy filters. They constantly open and close to allow or disallow energy to flow. Mm -hmm. Um you know, so 
for example, when, if you've ever been choked up, mm. you've ever had that feeling where either you're trying to say something or you have a big emotion welling up and you're, you feel this, like your throat locks, you feel yeah. this tightness, that's your throat chakra shutting closing blocking the flow of energy the expression of whatever it is that you're carrying in your body from flowing out effectively Mm. um so they in that functionality they naturally open and close Mm. um just as you move through your day as you're encountering when they're healthy as you're encountering energies that are pleasant and enjoyable you're communicating with others uh engaged in the world around you out in nature uh Mm. they're open and flowing and receiving energy and when you're in situations where there's energy that you maybe don't want to receive you're in an uncomfortable situation you're around uh something or someone that doesn't feel safe then those energy centers are going to close and filter out that energy okay uh, and vice versa so that's the very basic function of the chakras but much more significant is that they're also consciousness centers so they okay. actually oversee key elements of our life experience um and we experience our life not just in our mind as a mental experience but we literally experience it through energy and through our body okay so the the seven chakras that start at the base of your spine that's your root chakra Mm. and then the second chakra is the sacral that's just below your navel Mm -hmm. uh solar plexus just above the navel heart chakra center Mm. of the chest near your physical heart throat Mm. chakra base of the neck third eye or brow chakra center of the forehead and then the crown chakra top of the head Mm -hmm. the it's a very basic you know what each one is about uh your root chakra is about safety security Mm -hmm. survival Mm -hmm. so this one is connected to the earth this one is where we develop our sense of trust in life, trust in the world. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. the pandemic earlier when we were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, that is such a very profound example of how the world's sense of safety and survival was rocked to its core. And you could mm-hmm. see the consciousness of that, of the root chakra energy and the disruption in the root chakra acting out in the various things that people did in respond to that, such as hoarding behavior. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And a lot of fear-based behavior and things of that nature that were happening uh, throughout Mm. the world as we're trying to navigate that whole experience, which was, um, you know, just cultivated multiple levels of fear and multiple levels of insecurity, you know, having Mm. jobs go away and all of those things that happened, losing Mm. so many loved ones and friends and so much going on, like all of that had a really profound impact on the root chakra, also including the disconnection because a big core element of the root chakra and safety and survival is also belonging, being, feeling like you're belonging in the world. So like you mentioned being bullied, Mm. that is, um, an experience that would have a powerful impact on your root chakra because the community around you, um, you know, the peers around you are telling you in various ways that you don't belong. Mm. And the one of the reasons why this one is so profound, profoundly impacted in the root chakra is if you think about our historically, this is not as obvious. It's very core in our survival, but we're not as aware of it anymore. Mm. Uh, our ability to survive in the world um, going back into tribal 
tribal lifestyles and tribal culture, um, we are 100% dependent on each other to survive. So if you were in a tribe or some type of like community or Mm. family and you were rejected, ostracized, shunned, kicked out, how do you survive? You can't, you can't survive because uh, naturally human beings are social animals and as such, Mm -hmm. they need to have social connections. And this is why the pandemic, when it came, it offered a, a big, you know, like a big slap on the face for, for humanity as a whole, because uh, uh, we cannot even communicate, touch, feel, hug. You know, uh, you want to hug your, your, your loved ones. Uh, you want to touch your, your son's uh, hand, your daughter's hand, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I understand. But let me ask you this question because uh, um, I, I got think I was thinking about it when you were explaining. So that does does that mean when, uh, like they say, if you are a positive person, if there's positivity coming out of you, giving me positive energy, so that will make me more, you know, a positive. It will give me a positive energy and give me a boost in my day, opposed to someone who's always negative. If I sit with that person or he or she will put me down, 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 and, uh, you know, I'll see uh, see the world as, you know, black as, as as the night, as they would say. So is that where the chakra plays also? I, I'm, it might be a very silly question, but I just wanted to, you know, get to know because I'm really interested. Yeah, so um, I think it's more specific to how you carry your own energy in that context mm. um, and how secure you are in your own energy. So if you're generally speaking more of the mindset where you are approaching life with gratitude, you're approaching life with um, a sense of openness and uh, feeling that you're supported by the universe, able, you know, feeling connected to yourself, being, you know, feeling in connection with the world around you uh, in an uplifting, supportive kind of way, then that's going to have a big impact on how your energy presents to the world. Okay. Um, whereas if you're um, more in a fear-based mindset where you're, uh, you know, or you're inundated, you know, culturally we're inundated with a lot of fear, fear-based uh, information. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're in more of a fear-based mindset, you're feeling insecure, you're not trusting the universe, you're not trusting the world, you're not trusting yourself, you're not trusting... Mm-hmm. The community around you you don't feel safe in the world uh you don't feel like you're um you're not feeling connected you're not feeling loved uh you're struggling with um you know struggling with life and dealing with a lot of hardship then that can certainly have a a harmful impact on your energy field your personal energy field how that affects those around you, it can certainly like our energy is communicating with each other and it can certainly uh, impact Mm. how others feel when they're in our presence. So if we're struggling with depression and we're struggling with uh, feeling very unhappy in the world, uh, unhappy in our lives, then that does pull on the energy of others and can impact the energy of others and vice versa. You know, so like you, mm. when you're, you're feeling good and you're connected and you're, you're, you have that sense of 
support and trust in the world and you have that vibrancy and charisma and all of those higher vibrational energies that impacts the world around you too. So they, they do play off of each other, certainly. And the reception and sending of that is, is happening through the energy system. Yeah. Um, but also. Yeah. Because, because you no, know, what, what, what I also read was uh, if you want to be a successful person in the world, uh, naturally, you have to be surrounded by successful people because what they say or the author or the literature that was said that when you seek success and you're surrounded with successful people, so it really rubs on you to become successful. So I, 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 I think it's also, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm asking you that the, the chakra plays in that er- area also that, uh, the energy that's coming from these successful pe- people is being, uh, you know, handed to me or rubbed on me so that I can become as successful as they are. Uh, I'm just, just, you know, uh, a- asking the question on top of the, the previous one because ju- I'm just re- yeah. really interested uh, if that is true mm-hmm. or not. Um, yes. I mean, we certainly, our energies feed off of one another. Uh, there's, there's a lot of other factors going on there as well, though. Um, but when you are surrounding yourself with um, those who are not motivated, mm. uh, those who are maybe, um, you know, struggling a lot, then you can get pulled into that lack of motivation and that mindset energetically. Um, and get pulled into similar patterns of behavior. Whereas with your, when you're surrounded by people who are motivated, who are, uh, successful, who, who are really, uh, vibrant and engaged, that's going to have an impact on your energy field as well. Um, and also be a motivating factor for you. So some of it is energetic and some of it is, um, uh, modeling. Okay. You know, you're right. seeing things that they're doing and you're getting, uh, ideas and you're also getting uh, the community benefit of that energetic uplift, uplifting that can happen. And there's also resonance, you know, okay. like musically, you think about resonance. So vibrations exactly. move together. So that kind of energy also moves within the group that you're connecting with and where you're spending your time. So, so let me, let me also ask you. So today, if I want to seek someone like yourself, um, what is the pro- what what is the approach that you take in healing a person who who's, has I mean depression or who has some mental issues? What is the what is the approach you do? And does you know do the personal beliefs of people um, impact uh, the way you you deal with the, with the chakra for for them? I mean, uh, I myself I'm a I'm a Muslim, but you know I. I uh, I believe in being uh, spiritual and being very close. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that doesn't really, you know, uh, have any kind of um, uh, opposite effect. I mean, it doesn't. It's part of our our religion to be close to God, to be close to whoever we believe in. Uh, because as you know, I, I meet a lot of uh, other people. So whoever you believe in is uh, it makes you, uh, you know, more spiritual. But I don't think, I don't know. I, I, I don't think if I, I was depressed, um, I don't know how that will heal me. 
what what are the tools that you do so you can make me you know I'm not going to say not depressed but a little bit positive and optimistic so I want to qualify first of all there's a uh, very different ways in which people approach and understand the concept of chakra healing or chakra balancing and the work that I do like most commonly it is in the format of something like Reiki where there's a a energy healing process that occurs on a massage table it's a very passive process and which is a, a wonderful process but the work that I do is actually much more of an active process where you come into my office or we meet online via zoom mm -hmm. and we start having a conversation about what's going on in your world, what's happening. Mm. And throughout that process as we're, as you're talking and sharing and we're exploring, you know, whatever it is that's most present for you, that's most challenging for you. I'm tuned into your energy system. I'm listening to your chakras as well. Mm. And uh, through that, I'm identifying the core patterns and the underlying root causes of what's going on, what's created this. So looking for the threads of underlying traumatic experiences, uh, conditioning, and various things that have happened throughout your journey that has created the underlying foundation of whatever the imbalance or the challenge is. And so you basically coach you basically it's a you know basically a, a coaching session to find the underlying issues that is bothering you and maybe that person is not able to uh explain it clearly but you would understand through the energy that is given being given out of him or being emitted from that, that person is that correct what are you saying i'm just uh yeah, it's through uh, there's an energetic element, but it's also through um, the stories that they're sharing, uh, the patterns that are emerging through the um, survival strategies and behavioral strategies that they've adapted and adopted in order to navigate the pain and, you know, the wounds that they're carrying in their body through their trauma or through their conditioning or through whatever what that experience is. Mm. And so... Once we get some clarity around that, then we start moving into um, can be any number of different strategies and, and practices and modalities uh, to unwind and address those underlying issues, which involves um, some very conscious integration and uh, practical skill work that mm. the person will engage in. So, for example, um, you're going back to the chakras. Um, say they have some significant sacral chakra imbalances. So sacral chakra can be, has to do with how we nurture ourselves, how we nurture others, how we receive nurturing from people. It's a very creative center. It also has to do with how we energetically merge and keep ourselves separate and filter our energy and maintain and contain our energy with others. So it's very strongly related, for example, to boundaries. And okay. so if somebody shows up with some challenges uh, related to their boundaries or related to, we'll keep it simple. So we'll focus on boundaries. Okay. Um, so they have perhaps very weak boundaries in their relationships. 
yeah. where they don't speak up for their needs. They put everyone else's needs in front of theirs. They um, maybe have poor boundaries within between their work and their life. So they're uh, overworking and overgiving to their employer or to their whatever their mm-hmm. vocation is. Um, that's the area that we're going to look at is, you know, where, what's the underlying causal factors around this, but then what have you, you know, the, the lack of boundaries is the, um, one of the expressions of the prop, you know, the imbalance uh, within that center. So then it becomes a practice of learning how to create healthy boundaries learning how to actually give voice to your boundaries, which is not an easy thing to do. If you spent your entire life yesing the entire world and and not speaking up for yourself and not protecting yourself and not protecting your energy, there's a lot going on in the body when you turn around and say the word no. Mm. It's terrifying, potentially. So yeah. we have to work with the energy with that, helping to create some safety around it and learn the skill of one, just identifying what your boundaries are, because mm. you're not going to potentially know that, being able to mm. identify what they are, and then start finding, as an example, finding safe people to start mm. establishing boundaries so you can you know, work on developing that energetic skill and build those muscles, so to speak, so that you can become stronger and stronger in that area and start making it a core practice and as you do that the imbalance in that energy in that sacral area is going to start to unwind okay so so what, what uh, uh, i mean what are you saying is is really is really interesting because it got me thinking um i don't know why in egypt there is the ricky practice there are practitioners here uh there are a lot but you know I, I've been uh, advocating for mental health ever uh, I mean ever since the pandemic hit hard because that is when I, I felt it that is when everyone felt it and I, I, I always tell everyone that's really involved in mental health I'm really disappointed in corporates because I thought they they learned the, their lesson I thought that 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 lesson, Uh, should have been engraved in their in their back of their mind that the well-being and wellness of their employees is essential is 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 there's no uh, bargaining chip for it because there's no company that can uh, move uh, and work without a healthy uh, employee uh, employees so you're talking about setting boundaries and, and things like that so do you th- do you think corporates would uh, uh, would uh, knowing chakras uh, healing would would it help corporates to you know uh, understand their employees better maybe why is that person doing that why is that person always saying yes to me and not I'm not saying no I want him to say no I don't want him to be a people please uh, people pleaser uh, why is this person a perfectionist And there's no such thing as being a perfectionist because you cannot be perfect 100%. If you do that, then you might as well do all the work. So do you think the chakra chakras could help employers understand more about their employees? Well, I think 
it could mm. um just in the similar way that employers getting educated about mental health in general um would could potentially be helpful the problem is that they benefit from the lack of boundaries they benefit from the stress and anxiety that uh there like there there's a cost but there's an immediate benefit. There's an immediate benefit to uh, being in a relationship with somebody who is a yes person, uh, who is going to sacrifice themselves for your needs. So they're going to take care of me. And that feels good to me. I, you know, so I can depend on them to drop everything and do whatever I want from them. And they don't necessarily account for the long-term cost of that type of uh, behavior or pattern. There are some companies that do and that do actually recognize um, that taking care of their employees and creating a healthy lifestyle for their employees, creating a healthy workplace for their employees is beneficial to the company as a whole on a lot of different levels between productivity and insurance costs and all sorts of things, morale, you know, the list goes on and on and on. However, if they're only looking at the the monetary numbers and they're not looking at the the deeper impact, this is life. If we're not looking at the underlying circumstances and what's creating problems versus what is beneficial, they're not going to care. Yeah, yeah. You know, even so, even, there are companies even, who are taking. Even in, at your at say, your end yeah. in, 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 the, in the in the states, are there companies who, who who don't really care about their employees even today after what they've seen from the pandemic? Oh yeah, there's plenty of companies that don't care about their employees, and then there's a lot of companies who are starting to wake up and realize, you know, and they're putting in wellness programs. Part part of the reason that they're putting in wellness programs is because they are. Uh, required to by the insurance companies, the health insurance companies. Mm. Um, however, the when they're they're actually actively implementing those programs, they are starting to see the benefits of promoting employee wellness. But there are plenty mm. of companies who don't really care uh, mm. that you know don't really recognize the value of it as a whole. Uh, you know, they're really just looking at you know at the dollar. And yeah. am I making yeah. profit? And that's all I care about. And I don't care if I do it on the backs of whomever. Yeah, that's absolutely still very real um, yeah. here as much as it is elsewhere in the world. Uh, there's improvement yeah, yeah. there, which is great. But, yeah. you know, we're, we've got a long way to go. Yeah, it, it's the same here in, in Egypt and maybe even in the region. Uh, yes, m mental health has uh, has increased a little bit. The stigma has, has lessened. Still, people don't really... Uh, I mean, don't take it serious. Uh, but still, there is the belief here that people have to work not not from nine to five. They have to work eight, eight, nine, ten hours a day just to make a good impression to their manager, a good impression to the management, the company, and it all goes. On, uh, it all uh, it all impacts their health, uh, their time away from their family. I've seen this in my house. I mean, my wife till now, I, I think she's still at work. Um, I see it in every every household here in Egypt. And the price of insurance 
which is really interesting what you said because the price of insurance here in, in Egypt, it has become you know a benefit. Employees want the insurance. If if you don't offer them medical insurance, they're not going to come and work in 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 Egypt. If you don't have medical insurance, but my, I I always ask people from HR in different companies here in Egypt, why if you employ uh, mental health issues, your insurance uh, cost will decrease. It's a it's a logical thing. But um, right. people want the want the benefit. I don't know why. I don't know why they want to do that. They they want the benefit, um, you know. And the the correlation between mental health and physical health is a fairly new concept in mm. the world. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very much a reality. It's been a reality forever. Uh, just yeah. as my, and, you know, the concept of energetic health, you know, going back to the chakras, the concept of that is, you know, what, you know, that's mm. not something that people understand at all, but it's so closely interrelated. Um, mm. you know, we going back to the conversation we were having about the, the sacral chakra and boundaries, like, so that's talking about a behavioral expression of imbalance, mm. but then, you know, so what happens with the chakras is, we experience our life through these energy centers based on the consciousness that's kind of overseen or that they, the function of each center. So yes. when we have traumatic experiences and chronic conditioning that in, impacts it and creates an imbalance, that energy uh, and that imbalance, if it's not addressed, if it's not healed, if it's not processed and digested in the body, then yeah. it becomes a chronic condition. So chronic in the, the, Initial expression would be, as an example, the uh, weakness in or lack of healthy boundaries. Mm. Over time, if the issue's not resolved, if the behavior isn't changed, if the underlying cause isn't addressed, then mm. it begins to translate into physical issues. It tr then that's where the health issues come in, um, where somebody who struggles with self-nurturing, struggles with boundaries, struggles with maintaining their energy um, and other sacral chakra issues, that is then going to manifest physically as chronic conditions in that area of the body. So issues with the female reproductive system, issues with the bowels and like IBS and all of those things, which, you know, can then manifest into actual diseases. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when we take the time and put in the effort to address those underlying issues and process and heal them, those past traumas, those past events, uh, and unwind and unravel, and this is a more complicated one, but unwinding and unraveling the, the, the damaging conditioning that we're raised in, mm. then we can actually heal those centers and prevent mm. Mm. More crops, the depression, the anxiety, the physical issues, cancer, heart disease, all of those things are mm. not just physical. They're also energetic. Okay. Okay. So I, I wanted to, to ask you also, uh, what are the top, top five, uh, advices, uh, for mental health or, or what top, top, uh, top, uh, advices from yourself on mental health would you give? 
anybody who's listening to us. Sorry. There you are. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, uh, the internet fell. So what are the to top five uh, uh, advices would you give on mental health? So I think the number one thing that I would recommend mm. is self-compassion. Okay. Um, compassion, self-compassion especially is such a, a vital part of our health and well-being. Uh, mm. We tend to be very self-critical, very self-judgmental, very hard on mm. ourselves. If we make a mistake, you know, we're our self-talk around that, you know, we're telling ourselves we're stupid, we're not good enough, we're, you know, mm. any number of things. Um, if we have injury in the body or something happening in our body that is um, less than desirable, we're very self-critical of our bodies. Even when our body is in prime health, we can be very self-critical of our bodies. We're self-critical mm. of emotions. Um, you know, so many ways in our lives that we're just very, very hard on ourselves and mm. oftentimes downright cruel to ourselves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not you know, if we're having a bad day, simply acknowledging, you know, this is really mm. hard. We're going through a tough period. This is really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Changing. The sorry, sorry, sorry for the technical. It's issue. okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, that is just the nature of things. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. you know, just just being kinder to ourselves, developing okay. a, a kinder, more compassionate supportive language for ourselves is the number one thing okay um, the other the uh, the second thing i would recommend is do your inner work okay All healing right. is not an easy process it's not something that we go to until we're in so much pain we feel like um you know the the pain becomes so unbearable that we're willing to go through the difficulty but yeah. why wait till you're in extreme pain like do your inner work now and yeah. take steps to address, you know, the, the past experiences and the things in your life that are not working. And mm -hmm. while it's not an easy process, the rewards are incredible and it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I, I want, yeah. I, I wanted to, uh, uh, ask you one, uh, two more questions. If, if you don't mind, I mean, okay. Because I'm I'm afraid of the internet's gonna uh, break again. So uh, I want I want one word or one sentence that describes uh, Linda. So uh, what's one word that describes Linda, or or one sentence? Wow. All right. I never really had to do this one quite before. Um, <laughs> compassionate. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that from my my side of, of the world. Yeah, that's that's great. And finally, Linda, what's your dream? Hopefully, to come to Egypt, of course. But what's your dream? Love to come to Egypt. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah hope, what is I my dream? So. 
from through the work that I do, my dream is to be able to um, you know, create a world with more kindness, more healthy people, you know, where people are able to actually feel more connected with themselves and uh, move through life with less pain and less discomfort and less trauma and be less driven by those things and more driven by their sense of wellness and love and compassion Um, and able to feel more connected with self and through that feeling more connected with each other. So, Yeah. yeah, that would be my dream. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Linda, for, for, for being with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I learned a lot about chakras and I, I think, I think I'm going to uh, read up more because, you know, uh, I, I, I like to read uh, about uh, meditation and mindfulness. And mm-hmm. it's not just because uh, this is what I do, but uh, I, I, I like, I like that kind of work. It's uh, really intrigues me and it's really interesting. Uh, I definitely so, encourage it. It's a fascinating study. There's so much to it. It's so rich and so complex. Like really getting into yeah. understanding our energy field. I highly yeah. recommend learning about the chakra system. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will do that. I will do that. It's. it's it will be in my uh, uh, bucket list of reading reading books. I have a, <laughs> a very, very big list. So, so thank you, thank you, Linda, for being with us. I know, uh, I know, it's uh, it's it's been a long time planning, but we finally did it, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, our time. Thank you, I'm so glad we were able to bring this together finally, and it was wonderful meeting you and connecting with you. So, thank you thank so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening to for today's episode. Uh, Until next week, uh, God bless you and be safe.